And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Jurassic Pod, episode number I do not know, but it's episode number <laughs> one of 2022. I am joined by the Pascal Siakam to my Fred Van Vliet. Uh, it's, wow. Holly Mc- it's, it's Holly McKenzie. What's up? Wow, wow. <laughs> I, I feel uh, like I'm more even keel than, than y- you are. Like you're, you know, Pascal's more emotional than Fred. Um, and, you know, if one that of us sense. has to be one, I, I think I'm Fred here. Uh, of that, course, that neither, neither of us is remotely qualified to consider ourselves the, uh, the equal of the other. Uh, See, I would have, I would have switched it just based on height. I would have been like, well, hmm. I'm closer to Fred's height than I am to Pascal's. Well, but I was, yes, from I was an, think I was thinking emotionally speaking. From course. an emotional standpoint, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, and yes, like I've received all the questions about uh, my professional status today. I appreciate them. And, and yes, the news <laughs> is true. Uh, I have purchased a 50-inch television, which I am now watching Raptors in, uh, in, th- in 30 on. And uh, it, it's wow. great because I had my previous TV was from 2008. It was starting to go on the fritz. And uh, I'm really enjoying myself. On the fritz myself. is such a great term like what is the i want to know the i want to know the background to that um well if one of if one of us is going on a on a monologue we can uh the other can check that out yeah uh Uh, wow 50 inch tv is it is it downstairs in the in the please don't call it a man area a man i i I would not call it a man cave no (laughs) uh my desk is down here uh there is one weight on the floor uh tv a bookshelf some music posters. My Veronica Mars poster is, is beside my desk. Um, I'm getting serious. Um, everybody loves Raymond vibes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's like no sports memorabilia. Uh, but which did is, you know that he was a strange. sports writer? Yeah, I, I did. I like. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, but I did know he was a sports writer. I don't. I. I have. I don't remember when or the era that it was on. I feel like we were much younger. But I remember when I found out that his, like, job was a sports writer and he, like, his office or, like, desk was in the basement. I thought that was the coolest thing. And then I was mad that the show wasn't about that and was instead about his family shenanigans. Anyway, uh, first episode of 2022 and... Holy! The Raptors are on a four-game winning streak. Yeah, you you want to know what the above you want, 500? We have exciting, good things to talk about. Finally, you want to know what the big lesson of this past week was? Uh, it's important to have your best players. That that's that's oh. <laughs> that that's the yes. lesson I have. Uh, yeah, I mean it's January sixth. We could have many important lessons this week, but uh, in terms of the Raptors, uh, the Raptors having their best players, and not to be too much of a downer, but the opposition not having their best players. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it worked in the Raptors' favor. Uh, the Raptors are on a four-game winning streak, beating the Clippers on New Year's Eve without Paul George or obviously Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they beat the New York Knicks without Julius Randle. They beat uh, the San Antonio Spurs without DeJounte Murray. And then they beat Milwaukee once again without Giannis Antetokounmpo due to a non-COVID illness. Uh, Best wishes and health to all those fine gentlemen and basketballers. 
But the Raptors are going to take it, given the uh, the few games that preceded that one, and and you know <laughs> yeah. the, the basically twelve months that preceded th- that four game winning streak in general. Uh, so uh, you gotta take them where you can get them, and I. So so here's, I guess where we start is how much can we take from this four game winning streak. I think we can take more than what you would expect if you just looked at the rosters of if you just looked at the box scores of the games, you know? Yeah. Like if we if we had no context for this season as a whole and just looked at these box scores and saw that the opponents were missing star players in some cases, uh it may not sound as it may not sound impressive at all, but when you consider the way this season has gone, And the fact that every team has had to work through games like this. I mean, the Raptors themselves, that game against the Cavs when they had, you know, what was it? Eight players, three who had just (laughs) just met. Four Uh, four who had just met. Four. Sorry. Four who had just met. They are every, every team in the league is working through this. And the fact that the Raptors have all on top of that have also had so many injuries. Um we haven't gotten to see Fred and Pascal and OG together, really, um, for most of the season. So to get to see the core group, also mentioning Scotty, I should mention him in there, getting to see these guys play together for, you know, more than one or two games at a time, um, it to me, that makes the games hold a bit more weight, regardless of who wasn't in uniform, because it's important for us and us, I mean the larger us, anyone interested or invested in the Raptors. It's important for us to get to see uh, the roster together functioning as people had, the people who put it together had hoped or anticipated. For sure. And uh, yeah, so it's sort of hard to set a baseline of what the wins mean, like uh, on an individual basis, but it is good to know how things function with, you know, certainly the top six pieces of this rotation, the five starters and uh, Kem Birch, even though Kem Birch's minutes have been limited in many cases, I, I think he's sort of the sixth guy who we know we're going to see on day on a day in and day out uh, basis. Uh, it, it's cool to see how uh, they've looked together uh, and they've been largely unimpeachable. I, I would say it's, yeah, there, there's very little there's very I, I mean, you can find momentary flaws, whether it was the last two minute offense in Milwaukee or the first 24 minute defense in, in Milwaukee. But uh, but overall, like the group has certainly looked good. Yeah, last night's game, sorry, uh, that would be Wednesday's game against Milwaukee, uh, was really, it was super entertaining, but it was also excruciating at the end because it didn't feel like the Raptors, they they did this huge comeback. I think they were down 14 points earlier in the game. Um, it was like almost like a 30-point turnaround at some point. I, I don't know the exact number. You, you may know. I do. Um, I think they were down as many as 15, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Anyway. Yeah, so there was like almost a thirty-point swing in that game at one yeah. point, and instead they were certainly of just up like... by. Oh, I don't. I don't know why I'm determined to figure this out when <laughs> I don't know the numbers. They were down by at least thirteen at one point, and they were up by at least fourteen. So at minimum, there was a twenty-seven-point swing, maybe more. Okay, so that was great. Obviously, if you're God, a I'm so fan. pedantic. It's very, very annoying. I hate being myself. <laughs> I do not hate you, and you should not hate you. And our listeners also love you, so it's debatable. Treat yourself a little better. Ah, um, uh, what was I? Say? Oh, yes. Uh, they have this great turnaround after a horrible first half where they give up seventy-seven points. Uh, the defense actually starts to like function and arrive in the third quarter. They hold the Bucks to eleven points. And then instead of like going like recording this great triumphant victory, they crawled <laughs> to the finish line of that game and a couple times almost looked as though they would nearly give it up. So yeah, the final two minutes was excruciating. But it was impressive to me the way the team, you know, managed to dig down and, and tur- get the turnaround in the second half where they gave up 77 in the first half. It was, I think this was the third game in four nights for the Raptors 
Uh, yeah, it was. It was, yes. It was, yeah. Sorry, my tomorrow again, uh, time Friday and night days. will also be the third game in four nights. uh yeah so for them to you know dig deep on the road and get that win and you know continue their winning streak to me i thought that showed you know just like the competitiveness of the team and i don't want to say too much about like that show that was a real character win but like it was a good win and it is nice to see the team go on a winning streak and uh holy fred van vliet yeah, uh, before we get to Fred, uh, just, like, there were some really nice sort of press, not presses, but, like, double teams of the of the ball handlers, traps of the ball handlers in the second half that, you know, whether they created turnovers or, or just forced, you know, lofted passes and bad shots, I, I think that's something you can take away where, I mean, obviously, if Giannis is in the, on the floor, the whole geometry of the game changes, but, like... The Raptors succeeded in that second quarter, that second half rather, in a way you would, uh, they sort of want to succeed. Uh, saying all that, another way they want to exceed, it, succeed is uh, Fred Van Vliet, who might not ever miss a, a um, what's the opposite of a pull-up? Spot-up. Might never miss a spot-up three again. <laughs> Might might never yeah, like it. It really seems like it's going in every time, Holly. <laughs> like yeah, it, he's if he doesn't have to dribble, he is hitting that shot. He has been incredible, and the first returns for the All Star voting. Um, I don't know the word I'm thinking of. I think that's it. The first returns All Star fan, uh, fan voting. Yeah, fan voting. came Sorry, in on was... uh, came in on Thursday. Whatever day came in on is. Thursday, and Van Vliet is on the list uh i'm sure that raptors fans will see that and want to make a push as they should uh because there were some names on there that were ridiculous and should not be on there <laughs> Derek rose uh, there's another name too but we won't get into that please do oh he made his debut last his season debut last night yeah well i was focusing on one Negative. <laughs> well, it's, it's 2022. Um, there are all sorts of negatives we can focus on. 20. And, yeah, two, T-O-O. Two. Uh, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> sorry, I got I got sidetracked because I was a little surprised about a couple of the names on there. Um, yeah, he's been incredible. Uh, he's, like you said, he's shooting the lights out from three. He's averaging 29.5 points over the four-game winning streak. Shooting, you know incredible across the board but the one of the things that like really stood out to me is in the those four games of this winning streak he has two turnovers to 26 assists i don't even notice that that. that's crazy that's that's just incredible i think he's playing he's defensively awesome as well he had a block last night and like you said pressuring drew and forcing turnovers and getting steals from the other teams um the opposing team's point guard he has just been incredible yeah and i think the uh, the turnover and, and and assists i think we have to bring pascal siakam into this because yes. part yeah, of yeah. the part of the reason why those turnover numbers are so low is that we have another guy fully engaged in uh carrying a large part of that offensive burden uh and and that's also part of the reason Van Vliet's numbers, like uh, spot up three point numbers, uh, are so high, both in percentage he, uh, and in volume. He has let me count twenty nine th- made threes over his last five games, um, is because he's getting off the ball. And not to say it's only Pascal Siakam that's allowing him to do that, because the Raptors have obviously built their team in a way that they want several guys able to take part of that burden, but but Siakam has been the biggest part of that and the biggest part of, of not only pushing the ball in transition, but handling it in the half court. Um, and so Siakam, over the last little bit, he's uh, just going to my handy uh, <laughs> thing, thing, my handy thing here. The handy rundown like, that Holly like put together. Of- uh, go ahead. What? I feel like all of our um, language skills have deteriorated 
so yeah. much over the past two years. What's I'm my not excuse? Sure why. I live with a human. Like, like I. And anyway, we don't need to fully dissect this. Um, but yeah, our I brains mean, I th- are. Tired. I think many of our skills have diminished. <laughs> um, yeah. Pascal yeah. Siakam for the year is now averaging twenty point four points, eight point four rebounds, four point four assists per game uh, through twenty two. He had thirty three five and six against the Bucks. He had his first three games, or sorry, his the three games before that, he had 12, 14, and 19 rebounds. He's been up about above five assists in uh, his five games since returning. He has been, you know, late game offense, which I don't think we're going to talk about because we dissected it fairly recently. Uh, we're talking about happy uh, things. Yeah. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna hear our thoughts on that, we can you can go back and check the archives. Um, but he's been, you know, I don't think he's gonna make the All Star game, but he is right now playing at an All Star level. And and what I'll say even more than that is he's playing at a pre bubble level, which is I think questions that people, the question that people very rightly thought was, can he get back to the way he was playing before then? Mm-hmm. He's been incredible. I know that. I wasn't on the media availability. Actually, it may have been in person. I can't keep track anymore. Me but he neither. made a joke about about be- <laughs> he made a joke about being Pascal Rodman. Yeah, that was uh that was on a it was not that was in on person. a call. I think it was a call. Uh, yeah. because as you said, like his rebounding numbers were crazy. Like nineteen rebounds, fourteen rebounds, twelve rebounds. Like he was awesome. But the thing that stood out to me was the assists because he has been distributing the ball. And as you mentioned, Fred Van Vliet has definitely been on the receiving end of a lot of that. But man, Pascal's just playing a great all-around game. And he definitely deserves credit for that after people had been questioning the player that he was becoming or if you if there was still room for improvement for him which is crazy because he's still super young and definitely has room to continue growing and I think we're seeing that now and even just getting to see him after the game in Milwaukee when he was doing the interview virtually with um, Matt Devlin back in Toronto Uh, He talked about that, like getting to play with OG and Fred, who he obviously has a lot of history and experience with, but just continuing to build on that and and further increase that chemistry as each of them are playing bigger roles now. And it's good. It's really good. We've talked all season about wanting to see OG, Pascal, Fred, um, Scotty, Kem, as you're mentioning, like getting to see the core together healthy at the same time. It's only been a couple games. The competition has been, you know, undermanned in a lot of those cases. But yeah, it's it's been really good to see. Did you hear uh, pretty clearly picked up in, uh, by the audio late in the game when Bobby Portis and, and Siakam took turns missing free throws down the stretch, the other just yelling, yes, sir at the guy who was missing free throws. Uh, I, I, lo- I love but like what Bobby Portis has turned into as a player, and yet like I could perfectly imagine why he would <laughs> cause that sort of reaction uh, in, in anybody, in especially somebody as, as emotional. I, I mean, Pascal sort of wears his heart on his sleeve, I, th- I think, and uh, yeah. I'm still in Nova Scotia, and my mother wanted to fight Bobby Portis last <laughs> yeah, night. Well, and I was lined up right was, behind Nicola Miritic, uh, <laughs> Bond. I was, try- I was trying to explain to her that, like, that's the role that he plays for this team, for the Bucks, and, you know, he's a really fun player and a really good guy, and, you know, he's found this home in Milwaukee that, like, he's super loved and it's awesome, but she did not want to hear any of that. She had no interest in... The Bobby Portis story. She was just extremely mad at him for frustrating, frustrating Pascal late in that game. So yeah, uh, that was yeah. That was funny. It pains me to admit that I, that finally, all these years later, uh, we might have to give the uh, Bobby Portis versus Delon Wright battle that only I was wow. keeping track of um, from the 2015 draft. We might have to give it to Portis. No way. No? This is shocking. We have to lead with this when we promote this episode. You are turning on the best player in the world. Uh, I, I mean, he just hasn't found the right spot yet. 
I mean, I'll, I'll just say that. Eric, yeah. this is shocking. Well, I mean, at some point, this you gotta is, this... you gotta contribute to a winner, man. At some point, you gotta do it. <laughs> I'm not saying that's all his fault, but uh, like, uh, I want I I want as the I believe X Files movie said, I want to believe, but uh, that was a question on Jeopardy the other night. It was yes, and they Amy Schneider, got... man, so awesome. Uh, uh, so awesome. Kilna, did you see she got, uh, she was held up at, uh, I don't know if it was gunpoint, but uh, she, what? Was, she was mugged in, in Oakland where she's from. Oh my gosh. No, I didn't. She's, Recently? She's, like this yeah. is a, this is a, yeah. no. Uh, she's okay, apparently, but uh, uh, that sounds scary. That is terrible. Thank goodness she is okay. Man, you're just hitting me with lots of surprising things right now. Yeah. That we're not in the rundown. Whew. Uh, um, sorry, I, I just you know we gotta we gotta stay on our toes for the yeah for the good no definitely had hadn't heard that. Um, uh. Getting back to <laughs> to basketball though, uh, yeah, everyone is out of protocols except for Svi and Utah currently. Correct. That is correct. So that's good news. Good news. Hopefully that continues. Also wanted to mention Justin Champagny who has. Uh, been getting some time for the Raptors and making the most of it. He, I think he only had six points against the Bucks. I may be getting that wrong, but he, that was after having 14 points against the Spurs. And it's just really fun to see him out there. I, I kind of love his interviews, how like honest and open he is dating back to when he had that game winner that got waved off and he said how much it hurt. Like he's just really open <laughs> about his experience, like being the guy that's trying to like break into the rotation. And I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's we're, a fun story. Certainly in the media, we're willing him into a rotation role because he is such a, uh, a thoughtful and, and enthusiastic, quotable young man. Um, and He's fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think what you notice is his feel for the game. Uh, he always wh- manages to be a, in the right place yeah, to get an offensive uh, rebound. Yeah, whether it's, it's like, an offensive uh, rebound or whether he had like two really nice cuts yesterday off the ball to get himself layups. And if you're not going to be a knockdown three-point shooter and with apologies to the you know, the 4-3 game against the Spurs, I don't think we're ready to, to crown him as, you know, a bona fide three-point threat yet. Uh, you better figure out how to be in the right place, but you better figure out other ways to get yourself open and make yourself an offensive threat. And he certainly showed that. And, you know, the reason he's getting these minutes quite clearly is because of the two gentlemen who are in protocols, as you mentioned, uh, Svi and Utah. And, so let me turn it back to you. Has Champagny over these last few games done enough to, if not leap those guys, certainly put himself in the, make it like an equal competition for those, let's say, first wing off the bench minutes? I feel like we still have Utah, and then there's probably like 1A and 1B between Champagny and, and Sfi. Now, is that what you think or is it what you think nick nurse thinks i think both i think that for the both of us for i think that and i also think that that's probably where where nick is well no that's wrong that's what i'm <laughs> that's, sorry that, that's why i asked the question because Svi and utah Svi and utah at least appear to be equals I, I think they like in their last game they played they literally split the minutes yeah uh, no yeah. <laughs> that's definitely what i think i think that nick yeah i think that for nick it's probably Svi and utah and then we probably still have Champagne a little bit below that in terms of who he's been willing to give time to but I definitely think that he is making he's making the case for himself and he I mean he should be getting um a look if if other options are not working how about you where do you where do you see that shaking out what do you think that Nick Nick thinks and then what do you what do you think I think I think it may very well and this is just a gut feel on Nick, it might be a situation right now where it's uh, what does he feel the team needs situation. If he feels that need for some a bit more playmaking off the dribble, he'd probably go Svi. If he feels that need for, you know, a bit more agile defense and uh, 
and, and I mean, it's not like he can't create, but I, I think Utah's big adva- obvious advantage over those other two is is probably his defense and his versatility. It would go to him. And if he thinks he is just sort of, not that Utah's not going to give you energy, but a, a very much like around the rim type of energy, uh, he probably goes Champagne. Uh, I, I think Utah has the best track record with this team and deserves the bulk of those minutes. Cause like I did the math yesterday. If like, let's call them the big six, I'm, I'm including Birch. If they basically get the minutes we're expecting, there's only about 55 minutes a game left over to fill. Um, and you know, that's not nothing, but it doesn't, unless you're really, really bastardizing some lineups, it doesn't leave a lot of room for all three of those guys on most nights and if they do if all three do play it's probably an instance where you know one of them gets the first chance and struggles and then the second one comes in and if he struggles the third one comes in maybe uh but but yeah i i like my opinion would probably be utah and then very much like uh uh read the room or, or read the game situation between Svi and Champagny, but I, I think it's probably Utah and Svi and then Champagny from Nurse until we see otherwise. Um, uh, just before we yeah. jump into something else, I just quickly wanted to mention OG. Yeah. Um, I know we didn't talk about him individually here, but he has kind of been like the, the like, just the solid guy. <laughs> well, you know what they this. say, real G's move in silence. Wow, 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 wow. That was that was executed quite well. I am impressed. Thank you. Uh <laughs> uh yeah, OG's just been really solid. Um he's been good and we talked about the trio of OG, Pascal and Fred. Obviously we talked about Fred and Pascal, but um it's good to see him out there. And Yeah, yeah OG, it's it's funny like he'll rarely does he string like four quarters of offense together, but there always seems like there's, not always, but most games there is like, whether it's just one quarter or a half a quarter, there's like a definite stretch in which he carries the offensive load. Uh, And I mean, not as if they're just giving him the ball and letting him go to work, although that has happened a bit more on the post and you've seen him, uh, like, like the most impressive thing to me is, he can get such good position with his strength that he can take a turn a turnaround jumper from the paint and like where he's falling back and still like wind up landing in the paint like like that's just how strong he is and how good he is at getting his own position like obviously his assortment of of moves isn't as uh you know as vast as pascal's uh, but he's he gives them a different look. He gives them a very physical look. He, um, who was he giving the business to on the Spurs? I can't. A, a few guys, Josh Primo, who we'll get to in a second, being one of them. But uh, there were just a few guys who could not physically hang with him, and and that is because he is built like a refrigerator. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I was going to say, that's my favorite thing about, that has been my favorite thing about OG this year is it feels like at least, at least once or twice a game when he's playing, there, even though we are, you know, super familiar with OG with his frame with his game there's at least one or two times each game where I'm just like oh my goodness like it blows me away how strong he is like he just asserts his will and his strength on the defender and they can't do anything against him because he's so unbelievably strong and also also skilled and adept at using that strength to get exactly where he wants it's it's really cool yeah um 
not always pretty, but pretty effective is how I'll describe it. And uh, yeah, it's certainly, uh, I mean, we haven't talked about his defense and just having that dude out there basically able to guard one through five, the almost the number one guy I'd want on any on any player, uh, given the Raptors options, is is obviously huge. Uh, we had Josh two re- Primo. We had two returns oh. this week, very different returns. Uh, 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 let's start where you just said, Josh Primo. This isn't a return, but a debut. Well, uh, yeah, well it's a return to his home. Okay, fair, 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 yeah. fair, fair. Uh, the young, the, the Spurs rookie, the youngest player in the league from Mississauga, uh, made his first uh, appearance at Scotiabank Arena. And instead of having hundreds of tickets, he had about 20 tickets, he said. And, and when he got the little Canada Basketball Welcomes You Home uh, video, those 20 fans of the, I don't know, 140 fans in attendance or whatever it was, uh, they stood up and, and he, he was... He was solid. I mean, uh, what what were your impressions of? Uh, I just love him. him. He he just turned nineteen. He looks fourteen. He is just delightful. I I think I know that it's it's happened before and it's going to continue to happen more and more often. But it's just really it's still very cool to me to see players coming into the league and having their first game at Scotiabank Arena when they grew up coming to Raptors games, like when that was their way of learning the NBA and getting close to the NBA and and really envisioning what they wanted their future to be, for them to have that first game there always just, it just is amazing to me. I'm still not over it, and I think it's so cool. And while I was really disappointed for him that, like, you know, obviously there aren't fans and he's not getting that, like, true, you know, normal quote-unquote game experience um to have his family there i'm sure it was just really special for him and because it's so out of the ordinary he definitely will not forget it and i'm sure that the first game he gets to come back here when there are fans and things are please hopefully back to some sense of normalcy um he'll get to have kind of like two debuts at home yeah you want me to ruin your life of course you do um so before the game, uh, the media, the assembled media, got a chance to talk to him, and he said, that obviously, the Raptors, big part of uh, why he fell in love with basketball, said, you know, Vince, uh, DeMar, uh, Rudy Gay, he even stood, like, his team when I, I did the math, and now I forget, I think he was 11 years old. Um <laughs> So, like, he, during the anthems, he, like, his team was, like, you know, how the players have, like, youth players sometimes standing in front of them. He stood in front of Rudy Gay uh, and he said he had talked to Pop about that because Pop obviously got done coaching Rudy Gay. Uh, oh my goodness, that makes me want to cry. Do you want to know how old Josh Primo was when uh, Vince Carter was traded from the Raptors? Oh. Well, how old is 18? Oh my God, how old was he? Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he was uh he was really good. I don't have his uh box score in front of me, uh but he I think he had 15 points. Nice shooting stroke. Uh as as coach Pop said, um Pop was in a great mood by the way, which is really weird because none of his favorite restaurants were open uh in Toronto, but um he said, like, ideally he would be in the G League right now, um, but, you know, the Spurs are going through it. I saw they just had a few more people enter protocols. Uh, so, yeah, he, he was good, and I think he's he was a bit of a surprise to be taken in the lottery, but uh, given where he is in his development, he's... He's been pretty good for the spear, the spears, the Spurs. Uh, another guy. Go- sorry, go on. Oh, whenever you see the Spurs take somebody that you didn't expect, you kind of just are like, "Oh, clearly we missed the memo on this guy. He will be great." So I, yeah, yeah. I would say, are we still doing that with the Spurs? Except like, I actually like every player on the Spurs. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get why they haven't come together as a team. Like, it's maybe just they're hitting like a bunch of B and B pluses, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which in the Western Conference uh, over the last 10 years uh, isn't going to win you much of anything. 
Um, but like when I think about their individual pieces, whether it's uh, Devin Vassell or uh, Keldon Johnson or DeJounte Murray or Derek White or uh, Lonnie Walker, like I like all those guys. Like mm-hmm, I think they're mm-hmm. all like like really used. Jakob Pertl, of course, like. I, I think all those players are, like, very useful NBA rotation players. Uh, I, I guess that, in theory, makes them a candidate for a sort of, you know, trade for an un, uh, unhappy superstar type trade. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to know where they're going. Uh, but they got some guys, and and Josh Primo appears to be one of them. Uh, Serge Ibaka also returned his first game in Scotiabank since uh, February twenty. 20- Twenty, um, and, and yeah, the first. And, and sorry, we saw a tribute video for him. I, I, that was weird. Yeah, I wanted the vibe <laughs> check on that because we like on the broadcast watching from home. They did show the tribute video with yeah. like a little with like the little picture in picture thing. So they had the camera on Serge in the in the huddle and it was just very awkward because you know in a normal game when there's lots of fans the like obviously players are aware that the tribute video is happening it's usually happening during a timeout when the coach is talking to you so you're kind of listening to your coach but also you know acknowledging the fans there are no fans to acknowledge and like everyone's listening to the you can't help but hear the video so it just looked really awkward because he's trying to listen to the coach but also it's obvious that he can hear what's happening and yeah it was it looked uncomfortable yeah i honestly don't know what the right thing to do in that situation is neither do i because like i was thinking of it like my first reaction is why don't you just wait until there are fans and then show the tribute video then but then i'm thinking like if you don't acknowledge him, and, and let's remember, it's not like, I wouldn't say the situation was ended acrimoniously, but there was, I mean, Serge Ibaka definitely had different feelings in terms of how free agency was going to go. So if if there's nothing, and I, I my first thought about this, about this secondary thought, is that uh, we're probably overthinking it and the players don't care a ton about this sort of stuff, especially when there are no fans and in the arena but if you don't have a tribute for him it does it sort of rub more salt in the wounds in terms of his time there it's not like and any, you also don't want to wait because you just don't know what you don't know are you saying we can't predict happen. the future no, uh, well yes now yes, on I now am. on the phone danny green <laughs> <laughs> right though like if you keep wait you know you may be like oh we'll just do this the next time well Danny Green still doesn't have his chance. Yeah, uh, Danny Green has won another championship in the meantime, yeah, has he, that ring, yeah. and still doesn't have have this ring. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, and there's nothing, I think ultimately showing it was the right thing. You can always show it again when the fans are in the arena. And It was a great uh, video. Like, it yeah. was a really nice tribute video. Just, yeah. I felt bad because I know that fans would have loved to have seen Serge and I know it would have meant a lot to him because um you know hearing the interviews that he did the week that he returned he did an interview with uh the Will Lou show the Raptor show he did it with Alex Wong and just hearing him talk about the fans and his message was I want them to know that I love them too and that they're always going to be like family to me like you can tell that that it meant a lot to him the the relationship he had here so I look forward to getting to see his return his first return with with fans and then there's going to be another one this weekend when the pelicans um come to toronto and we get to see jv for the first time since he was traded to the grizzlies uh midway through the 2019 championship season it's kind of crazy to think that he hasn't been back since then that really made me stop and he think did that a time to right. playoff game um, he came to a playoff game yeah. and i cried <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you I don't think we were sitting I was so overwhelmed by the moment of everything because uh, it was the playoffs and everything was everything and then when it started coming through the media row that JV was here I was just I wasn't prepared for it and it did make me um, a little bit emotional <laughs> so la- last week you said that Fred and Demar are like your two guys in terms of the yes. Raptors that it's I mean obviously Demar's on a different team and he's leading Eastern Conference uh backcourt players and votes and but but like he's the two guys for those are the two guys for you that it was just like 
you're super invested in them. It's hard to imagine them as not raptors. Uh, and like, you'll always sort of be, I, I don't want to quote you, misquote you, but you'll always be pulling for them just because of oh, who they absolutely. were as people. Is Jonas in like that next tier? Because he is I for was just going to say, Jonas is like right there. Like, yeah. I, I don't think anyone will ever become Damar or Fred for me just yeah. because I just think they're both such I've, – I've gotten to see such a special side of each of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've talked to them so much. I mean I'm sure that if I had spent that much time talking to to Jonas over the years, I probably would feel similarly. But, yeah, his personality in the locker room, some of the best, funniest – moments just away from like what we do as a job just like talking to Jonas and just like seeing some of the funny things he's done in the locker room and just the way he engaged with us he's just a truly delightful person and I'm really glad that that we got to have that that time with him I mean I'm sure you've spent a lot of time in the locker room with him before games yeah yeah no one of my favorites for sure um Speaking of, before I forget, speaking of Surge, you had a great piece uh, in the Toronto Star about Surge. Uh, None other than Sportsnet editor Mike Corrine uh, reached out to me to say it was a great piece by you. Uh, He he, he messaged me on Twitter. I I was very, yeah, it was very nice of him. And thank you for saying that. Uh, Loved to write about Surge. Yeah. Uh, Um, And and final potential return item, uh, Kyle Lowry... (laughs) uh, I, I'm going to fact check you here, Daniel Dale style. Uh, the Miami Heat's return, as opposed to what it says on our rundown, oh, has been moved. Did I get it backwards? It's been moved from the 3rd of February to the 1st of February. You had March. I March. Um, listen, listen. Lousy smart weather is a joke you will not March understand. March is February. February is April. April is September. It doesn't matter. Uh, will we have fans? I don't know. Uh, I very much doubt it will be a full arena by that point. Uh, I will say, may, like, uh, I'm going to contradict myself. Like, maybe don't show the Kyle video. Um, uh, if <laughs> show there are a lesser no fans. Kyle video. Like, save the good stuff. Uh, save the, the best save, Kyle save video. The, yeah, this, this could be, like, uh, like, this could be the the regular Justice League, and then we get the Snyder Cut Justice League uh, for... But wasn't that bad? Wasn't No, I think that... I think the c- critical consensus... I, I don't really know anything when it comes to uh, uh, DC... I'm, most comic book movies, but I think in particular DC comic movies, but I think it's, it was generally agreed that the Snyder Cut was better than the uh, first version. Um, I thought it was bad. I don't know why. Oh, I think, Do you watch I think Marvel? It, was, it was just an internet... Uh, uh, meme for so long that Maybe. just like obnoxiously long things were the Snyder Cut version uh, do I watch Marvel? I'm not sure what that question means. There are many Marvel products out there. Marvel movies super uh, I'm not. I'm movies. not like a uh, I'm not a connoisseur like I've seen some uh, but yeah, like I don't seek them out. You watched all of them, right? I have now watched all of them but I you, love are, them. You, were doing this... a, you were doing a thing where you were watching most of them yeah, and now I've seen them all. So I I became a Marvel stan during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I mean, my first the first movie that, that I saw, the first Marvel movie that I saw was Black Panther. And then I saw, I may be messing up the order of this. And then I saw Captain Marvel. And then I saw the Avengers, the last Avengers movie. I always forget, the, I always Endgame. confuse the title. Was that? Yes, yes, yes. So I saw that not knowing anything about what happened before. And then I went back and started from the beginning. And wow, people who tell you you can just watch one without watching the other, you miss so much. You have to go back and watch them in order. And I've watched the TV shows. And I'm really not like the person that you, I'm sure you would never have thought that I would no, be the superhero person. I, I thought person. there would have been a lot more pop culture things you would have looked to get into before I would like you Marvel to get into canon. it. We could do a Marvel episode. That would be so fun. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be uh, fun? I, I really think it wouldn't be because I think the the hardcore fans are so hardcore that we I would know, be they would ridiculed think that we, on the internet. We Rightly. Like, we would, like, no, of I course. mean, when it comes to that, we are. Like, it's, it's I, I think it's a bad idea, Holly, frankly. Uh, I know, but I think it just would be fun because I love it. They could make fun of me. I don't care. I really, I really got a lot of joy from these movies. Um, so, what's your? If you had to pick one, uh, what's your Captain favorite? Marvel. Watch? Well, Black Panther and Captain Marvel. I think I did watch uh, 
Captain Marvel on the uh, on a plane at one point, and I did see Black Panther. Um, Brie Larson is so cool. I just loved her character. I, I love that. I, I I just love her. Because you love nineties angst, baby. That's that's what it's about for me. The music was really really good. Yeah, uh, she's just cool. And the and the show you haven't watched WandaVision. You not watching WandaVision actually is shocking. To I me know. I know. Sh- well, my uh, one of my. Um, I can't say girls. That's inappropriate. One of my favorite <laughs> actresses, isn't it? Uh, One of my girls. Well, it's because I was like yeah. looking for like something that was the equivalent of goat, but it's not like she's the greatest actress of all time. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, but like, I love Catherine Hahn. Is is Hahn, where we're going yeah. with this? Uh, did you? By the way, speaking of goat, uh, before we get onto some reader questions. Uh, there, Jennifer. I saw Jennifer Lawrence on Colbert, and she okay. was talking about uh, their movie, which I watched on New Year's Day, or sorry, Christmas Day, uh, which uh, for the second week in a row I cannot remember. Don't look up. And, Don't look uh, up. And Meryl yeah. Streep is in that uh, as well, and they were like calling her the goat on set uh, the whole time, and like. And obviously, Streep didn't know what it uh, oh my what gosh, it meant. And then eventually, they were they were like uh, they were going somewhere. It's like Meryl, come here. You're like you got to come here. And she's like, oh, the old goat can't keep up. Like you know, <laughs> I'm just an old goat or something like that. Um, so Jennifer Lawrence was telling this story about how uh, uh, Meryl Streep was bewildered by the term, which uh, that's delightful. I enjoy that. Um, which also reminds me of the athletic launch in Toronto when my friend Lindsay was in town. And there uh, on the bar, there was a picture of Michael Jordan as like the crying Jordan meme. And she was like, oh, look, it's like the crying guy as opposed oh, to, no, as opposed to M- Michael <laughs> Jordan. Uh, shout out to Lindsay. Uh, okay. Shout out to Lindsay. I, I asked for some reader questions. Um, and, you know, we like engaging Y'all here, uh, Nick DePath. I can't believe you shut down my Marvel idea. I was really excited. About I just, that. I'm just trying anyway, to save us some, both some like. That's fair. Bad. Replies. I can't even get the titles straight, but I genuinely do love the movies yeah, well, so a just lot. Just express your passion, express your joy, and and we move on. Um, I think you need to watch Wandavision. Um, but anyway, we'll move forward. Okay. Uh, Nick DePath asks, "Is my new desk next to Maggie Haberman?" Uh, yes, I have. Hired Maggie Haberman as my unpaid intern. Uh, she's going to have to move here, though. Uh, next, from Ali Abassi. If we continue this great form, is there any chance of us acquiring someone who can contribute in a win-now scenario? Holly, thoughts? Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, I feel like probably that's not where i envisioned things happening going yeah uh i kind of just feel like the team's riding out the season to see what they have and what could be added at a you know point in the future and just see how the pieces that are on the team currently work together uh i feel like the team the record has been disappointing uh compared to what the team looked like at the first the very first of the season i feel like the past four games this winning streak um and even a little bit longer than just the winning streak the team is starting to just be healthy and show more of what we first saw at the start of the season and i kind of just feel like the team's gonna just see where they end up with this group uh what what do you think yeah it brings me back to an old uh messiah jerry phrase that he used during the you know the the uptick in in play that started when he came aboard and and with the rudy gay trade this very much seems like a let's give them a platform season uh yeah let's give them a platform see. see what they can do do i think it's possible sure i think it's possible but like when you think about like making a significant move for a win now guy, like there aren't many trades. Uh, I mean, those guys make money first of all, or else the teams probably wouldn't want to get rid of them. Um, so, who are you trading that makes a significant amount of money that you really want to get rid of? Uh, like to upgrade on Gary Trent, I. I 
think it would take. Gary's been really yeah, no, good. No, exactly. This is my point. Like it would take like quite mm-hmm. an intriguing player, and so that deal becomes tough. Like, okay, you can put together Chris Boucher, who, by the way, has been pretty damn good himself lately, uh, mm-hmm. and Cam mm-hmm. and Cam Birch's contracts that gets you up to thirteen million. Uh, but what is that really getting you in return? Unless you're throwing in a first as well. Um, so is it possible? Yeah. Like if I think of any, like if there's anything, I sort of think it's another, I, I know people are yelling about a big, but I think the actual answer is another perimeter, sh- like shooter who can shooter. defend like an- yeah. another three and D guy. Yeah. Like which, <laughs> uh, those guys are hard to get. Um, so I would say, yes, it's possible. My gut, like I, this is, this is my boring answer is always bet against the trade. Cause they're really hard to make. But uh, but we could uh, be wrong, and it could be really surprising and fun. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but that's how sort of how I'm feeling. Possible, but not likely. Um, Alex Wong, producer of the Raptors show, asks, should Raptors who only played in Tampa be remembered as Raptors players? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to erase uh, Tampa Raptors from this was, this was caused by our existence. conversation about Rodney Hood last night, I believe. Yes, yes. No, I do remember that exchange. Uh, I'm trying to forget that like that happened in my brain. It goes from bubble to this year. That yeah. didn't happen, but but it was it was the Tampa Bay Raptors. It was that season that led to the Raptors getting to draft Scotty Barnes. Exactly. So, like, think how many bad lineups these. Not to besmirch the names of you know Alex Lynn or or uh, Rodney Hood or DeAndre Bembry, who was pretty pretty. We we had a lot of DeAndre Bembry conversations. Uh, about yeah. his vibes. His vibes were he's, immaculate. He's with the Nets and yeah. playing well. Also, his Stanley vibes Johnson, remain immaculate. Yes, yeah, St- <laughs> and Stanley Johnson uh, signed with the Lakers, so that was great oh, to see you today. Better, you better believe I tweeted out the picture of him in sunglasses when I saw that news. Listen, that was good. I was very happy for him. But yes, you know what? I'm going to take a step back and not be and not be just bitter because I was really I didn't like last season. Um, you can't rewrite history. History needs to remain as it is, and they are part of Raptors history, yes. Uh, very powerful message on January 6th. You cannot rewrite history. Um, Sorry, I didn't even... I know uh, you didn't, but I, I'm just... I'm making things... Uh, Making things work. Yeah. Uh, Rob Senta asks... I think that's three actual times today that you have left me speechless and or made me make a sound of shock. Anyway, continue. Uh, Rob Senta asks, which Raptors 905 player from the last two years would you most like to have on the Raptors roster this year? Do you have an immediate answer or I can give you mine? I do, but it's not really fair because... Well, it, I think it's fair. It's valid, but it's probably... It's not... Anyway, Aaron Best would be would be my answer. Oh, uh, that's a, that is valid. Why, why? That is valid. Newly, uh, newly brought back to the to nine oh five. I'm familiar with him from Canada basketball, and I just really enjoy his game. And I think that would be really fun. Who would, uh, who would be your pick? Fun answer, wrong answer. The right answer is Gary Payton the second. Um, oh, for sure. Well, I guess I didn't even think about. I didn't even consider that as a as a valid option because he's not available no. at this time. Is it allowed to be anyone who's like who's played for the Raptors nine oh five in the last two years? Oh, I was thinking it was someone that was on the team now, or or would be never mind. Yeah, Alize Johnson like in the G League. Yeah, still. Alize- I was thinking like yeah. Yeah. yeah, who's available and not on another NBA team mm-hmm. and playing mm-hmm. awesomely uh, in in a role for that team. Uh, Alize Johnson, also another fun piece. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much stuck there. Uh, cool. Well. Um, we go in, thank you for all the questions. I'm going to try more often than not to, to send something like this out just so we can, uh, keep a finger on the pulse, if you will, of, uh, what you guys are wondering about. Uh, we are a little beyond a month away from the trade deadline and, uh, <laughs> questions always pop up then. Uh, so plenty of time to get those sorts of questions in, uh, coming up for the Raptors, we've got... Utah, uh, and just because I mentioned 
last uh, or earlier in the podcast that the Raptors have been playing opponents without their best players. Rudy Gobert did not play last night. Uh, he's day to day, so we'll see. Uh, Joe Ingles is out, or, or I believe is out. He he's in protocols. Uh, and Utah's first player this season to yeah, go into protocols. That's remarkable. Uh, yeah. I mean, whatever, uh, whatever, however they managed to do that, um, impressive. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich has a left finger sprain, but did play and played 40 minutes. That's very Nick Nursey. Um, <laughs> last night in uh, the Jazz win in Denver, and he scored 36 points. So his finger seems, oh, wow. his finger seems fine. <laughs> um, Donovan Mitchell also has an ailment, but played through it. Uh, but haven't seen the official injury report yet. Uh, then, as we mentioned, New Orleans uh, for the JV return. And then we get... Nikhil Alexander-Walker also will be nah. in Toronto. Nah. That's that's exciting for him. Um, obviously, Zion Williamson not coming. He's in Portland now, continuing his rehab in one of the more depressing non-protocol-related mm-hmm. mm-hmm. stories of the year. Uh, and then the Phoenix Suns will be in town on Tuesday. Three Western Conference opponents, two of them very good. The third one, at least fun and sort of certainly trending in the right. Yeah, yeah I mean. Oh, I a, thought you were talking about. I'm not Phoenix, talking about sorry. New Orleans. Yeah, you got two, yeah, of the, yeah, yeah, two yeah. of the three best teams in the Western Conference and in and, and the league. I mean, two of the, you know, probably five top championship contenders, I'd say right now, like Milwaukee, Brooklyn. And then the three in the West, I would say, are the is the top level of championship contender. Anybody else you'd throw in there, Holly? Mm-hmm. Chicago? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I was counting the West teams. Sorry. Yes, obviously. I, I definitely, I agree with Zach Levine, who said today, I do not put a cap on where I think this team can go. I feel the same. Uh, we mentioned DeMar DeRozan leading all guards in all-star voting in the East. He was just named the player of the month. And he also became the first player in history to hit game-winning buzzer beaters on consecutive nights versus the Pacers and the Wizards. Uh, that was awesome. If you haven't seen those highlights, look them up. Yeah, DeMar has now had memorable moments on December 30th, 31st, mm-hmm. and January 1st, uh, his 52-point game, which... Until last year, Bucks, right? yeah. Until last year yeah. was the all-time Raptors record. Uh, Fred VanVleet broke it. I will predict the Raptors go two and one this week, beating Utah, uh, which seems stupid as I say it, but you know, uh, <laughs> and then beating New Orleans and losing to Phoenix. Um, but that would that would I feel mean, like that, that would makes, mean a, I feel like that would be that would be go good. Ahead. That would be good. That I would think be awesome. I think Raptors fans should take a two and one. Uh, Next little stretch. I, I don't think they should turn their noses up at it. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I think even New Orleans is, is kind of spicy. And we'll learn a lot more about this team uh, and, and what they, they can do this week. I think you're probably, your take is probably an optimistic but smart take. But I no, no. think that... Oh, you're, you're going to say 3-0? and <laughs> I am because <laughs> I just want the good times to keep rolling and I want to have fun things to talk about. So why not? Yeah, see, they're, I, they're, I, I, I am. The, the, I the am. key for the Raptors, <laughs> the key for the Raptors seems to be playing at home, but without fans. Yeah. And uh, these these three games will be at home without fans. To, so. re- to relive a moment <laughs> that uh, was not caught on the tapes after Fred Van Vliet's uh, Oh. Press conference oh. on Tuesday. Uh, somebody asked him about playing in front of the fans, I, and I, like I, he came close to saying, "Like, look how good we're doing without him," but he didn't quite say that. And so, <laughs> uh, so after, and he's like, "You know, we're excited to play in front of them again." Blah blah blah. And afterward, I said, "You should have just thrown the fans uh, under the bus and <laughs> said like they were holding you guys back all this time." But he and Fred Van Vliet said, "No, I can't do that. I need the All Star votes." So, uh, if you would like. Uh, I am an unaffiliated <laughs> member, but you can go out and vote for Fred Van Vliet in any number of ways. Holly, uh, happy 2022. Thanks so much. Let's hope the wraps keep rolling so I don't look like a fool, but happy 2020. 
to uh, thanks everybody to, to you as well to listening. Well, for listening, we will probably come back uh, after those three games and before the Raptors go on a f- what I believe is a five-game road trip. Um, everybody, stay safe, and we will catch you next week. See ya. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.